This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Our first lesson is from Isaiah, chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly. And rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall fall away. Holy wisdom, holy word. Grace and peace be yours through Jesus, even now coming into our world. Amen. One of the hardest truths you ever learn in life is that suffering is just part of it. (laughs) No one goes through this life without suffering in some shape or form. Each of us comes today in the midst of suffering in some shape or form. And one of the very hardest things to do in the midst of that suffering is to, as James says in that first reading, to just wait patiently for the Lord. When you're suffering, when your heart is dark and your life is dry, when you're in the desert, when you can hear jackals barking at you, when you can see the vultures circling, it's hard to cling to the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. As David shared last week, that's who Isaiah is talking to. That's his audience. That's what Israel is going through when Isaiah brings them this morning's word from the Lord. Israel was this tiny little country right in the middle of what historians call the Fertile Crescent. Babylonians on one side, Assyrians on the other, Egyptians on yet the other. And every time one of those superpowers flexed their muscles, Israel got thumped. In a big way. Think Aleppo. Constant fear of war, bloodshed, destruction, at the mercy of those who come with power. The only choice at that moment is to stay, face rape, slavery, humiliation, or flee. 
That's who Isaiah is talking to. People who are suffering so much and so long that it feels like a desert. At first glance, I thought, well, what does that got to do with us? I mean, wealthiest nation in the world, not a hungry person among us today. Right in the middle of pre-Christmas glitter and tinsel. And then a second glance at a more honest glance is necessary to admit that there's more desert than I want to share. This is what church looks like in an narthex. I know. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. I buried a brother-in-law on Monday, and sister's husband. He's 62 years old. He was diagnosed with lung cancer five weeks ago, and he's in the ground today. And in an odd twist, my, my cousin... I was known as Jimmy as a child. He was Billy. Billy and Jimmy did everything together. Same story. Same kind of cancer. Exact same timing. He's laying in a hospital room in Pittsburgh. He won't be here next week. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, I don't think. Life can just dry up. It can, it can just change. The, the sun can go down. And, and illness, maybe not even fatal illness, maybe just the kind that's, that's chronic and that you can only manage, it, it, it makes life feel like, like a desert. And, and an accident and a miscarriage and a divorce and conflict with your children and conflict with your parents. And then everywhere you turn, everybody else is singing, la 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 and you just feel like you're the only one in that desert. And that, that, by the way, is why we have Stephen ministers, so you don't have to be the only one when you're in the desert. But that is what the holidays feel like to a whole bunch of people at second glance. They're carrying heavy burdens, and they're carrying most of them alone. There's not going to be somebody outside their door with a new Lexus. Nobody's going to drop by with a beautiful new diamond ring. Probably won't even be a fruit basket. And at those moments, the walls start to talk back to you and your energy just dissipates as fast as your hope. And it just feels, it feels like a desert sometimes. You know this kind of story. A woman in her mid-40s visits another woman in a nursing home. How are you? Long pause. Fine. Long pause. Where do all the leaves go? Well, it's fall. They fall in. Do you have any children? Yes, I have, I have a daughter. She's 12. Do you have any sons? Yes. So he's, I have 16. He's six foot four. Oh, that's, that's big. He's tall. Do you live far away? Yes, I live 300 miles away. The older woman says, well, this was so nice. You're so pretty. I hope you'll come visit me again. Big smile. And she says, I don't know your name, though. And she says, sure you do, Mom. And there's, there's this moment of recognition, and then there's shame, and then there's sorrow, and then there's tears. We have to admit those kind of things in a church. Life is like that. God can seem so very, very far away sometimes. And it's hard to wait patiently and it's hard to hope. So hear this word from the Lord today. The dry land's going to be glad. The desert's actually going to rejoice someday. Weak hands are going to be strengthened, feeble knees are going to be firmed up. The blind are actually going to see things and the deaf are going to hear things. The jackals are going to be called off and there's going to be singing and there's going to be feasting and there's going to be dancing because God has promised that. 
That is, by the way, what all of Christendom is actually preparing to celebrate right now, the light coming into the darkness, the promise, the gift of hope that the coming of Christ brings. That's what Jesus is all about. He's not really about that little manger story. It's a bigger story, a much bigger story. Let me just give you some fast highlights. There's, there was this prostitute, and if there's ever a desert experience, it's got to be being a prostitute. And amidst the most severe condemnation imaginable to me, as if emotional and, and physical degradation is not enough, there's a bunch of religious zealots who are persecuting her and threatening to stone her. And at the last moment, she hears the words, your sins are forgiven. That's water in the desert. Kids made a mess out of his entire life. Hadn't got enough to eat comes to his senses, goes back to dad, and dad, rather than in anger, dad throws his arms around him and puts a ring on his finger and puts a fancy coat on him and kills a fatted calf and throws a party. That's crocuses blooming in the desert. A woman divorced not once but five times. Imagine the pain five times, and Jesus embraces her, includes her, welcomes her, loves her, water in the desert. A centurion whose son is literally being thrown into flames by epileptic seizures, and Jesus blooms his desert with healing. Zacchaeus, who's a money-grabbing crook, he's alone and he's alienated, and his desert becomes like a party for, for the whole village to gather together. The disciples are hiding in an upper room. The doors are locked. Their eyes are swollen and frightened. They've lost their Lord. And Jesus appears to them, risen from the dead, and he says to them, peace be with you. And the desert has been rejoicing ever since. Again and again and again, the desert rejoices. That's the story. That's the message of Jesus. It's not six easy steps to a happy life. It's not a list of do's and don'ts so that you can work this all out on your own and not have to suffer. Isaiah is assuring them, is assuring Israel that God is with us. Emmanuel, in our suffering. And God has not and God will not abandon us in the desert. Even though the world is crashing around you right now, says Isaiah, even though everything is out of control and we fear for our very existence, says Isaiah, even though death is dangerously close to our front door, says Isaiah, God is with us. When the Messiah comes, says Isaiah, the dry land will be glad and the deserts will rejoice. That's how I know I'm in a Lutheran church and nobody said amen. Or thanks be to God. We tell that story every week and it becomes liturgy. We call it the mystery of faith. God has died. Christ has risen and Christ will come again. Now, I don't know how God does that. I don't know how God does the whole desert blooming thing. I don't know how God brings flowers in the desert, water gushing up out of dry land. There's a whole lot of things in life that I don't know how that's going to happen. I do not know how God brings life out of death. I don't know how God does it, and I don't know how God is going to do it. But I know that we worship a God who took the greatest evil imaginable, the death of God's Son, and turned it into the greatest good imaginable, peace on earth, peace for all. And if God has done that, then we trust, we hope that God can create gardens out of the suffering of our lives. Isaiah's talking about hope today. He's preaching the promise of God. The desert 
and your life is going to bloom like a crocus. Water's going to gush forth in your dry wilderness. Burning sand's actually going to turn into a swimming pool. Wild animals are going to lie down. Nations will actually live in peace, and death itself will lose its sting. Now, I need to be very pointed here for just a moment, so bear with me. Hope is so very important in life, but you have to have hope in the right thing. You can place your trust in your own abilities, your own intelligence, your own strength. You end up in a hospital bed. You can place your hope in your families, your relationships. They don't always work. You can place your hope in politicians and economics, military systems. There are some who are placing their hope right now in carrying around a weapon or a big platinum card. And some people, let's be honest, they're just hoping, hoping, random hoping. As wonderful as the word of Isaiah is, and it is, Isaiah reminds them that their hope is in the Lord, in the Lord God. When the Messiah comes, the Messiah says, Isaiah, we will see the glory of the Lord. We'll see the splendor of God. I confess this at the early church because it's always so much more dominant for me at that service. When it snows and I get up in the morning on Sunday, I look out and I see an inch of snow. It doesn't fill me with joy. I'm not thinking that's going to help attendance today. And yet here you are. And, and, and I don't know for sure what brought you here. I want to thank you for coming out in the cold. And I don't know what wilderness you have been wandering in, but I, I want to thank you from wandering into here. And I don't know how parched your lips are. I don't know how dry your heart is. I don't know what burdens you're carrying. I don't know what's barking at your door. I don't know how dark the night was for you. I don't know what phone call you're waiting to get. I know that in some sense we're a gathering of strangers and that the code is that we wipe away our tears and smile. And I know that suffering is part of life. And I know that it can feel like a wilderness out there. And it can feel like a wilderness in here as well. And I, I offer you this ancient message today. There is hope. There is a reason. There is a substance for hope. God has promised. The desert will rejoice Streams will gush out of dry ground. Flowers will bloom. Lions and tigers and bears, hey, they're all going to lie down. Even death itself will be defeated. And when that happens, it will be God. It will be God who causes the streams to flow in your desert. Amen.